the seventh day of the month. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. John 15, verse 11. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Philippians 4, verse 4. Our consideration of love in the preceding days began a sequence of themes set forth in Galatians 5 as the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today we consider joy. In Sunday school, children are sometimes taught this acrostic, Jesus first, others next, yourself last. Is this formula too childish, too simplistic to be true? Certainly it runs utterly against the grain of our culture, which advises us to look out for number one, and we all know who that is. Even in church circles, we often hear this counsel given to those who spend their lives serving others in the name of Jesus. Take time for yourself, or you'll get burned out. But what do you suppose Mother Teresa would have said had you told her that? Wrestle valiantly with answers to these questions. What is the source of the deepest and most lasting joy I know? How does this joy compare to the fleeting frivolities that advertise themselves as being sources of true happiness? In times of confusion, distress, and grief, what does it mean to be able to rejoice in the Lord always? Consider the possibility that the best time we can take for ourselves is our time of contemplation before God, our time in conversation with God. Could it be that the lack of joy we call burnout is related to our neglect of just such contemplation and conversation with the divine as we seek to aid others through our own strength and wisdom alone? Opening Prayer O God, how happy are those whose strength is in you, those who, while going through the barren valleys of life, make them places of springs. In their hearts are the highways to Zion. Cause us to be numbered with them, to find in you our dwelling place. Now and hereafter, grant us the delight of living in your house, ever singing your praise. Amen. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7. Come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. And why? Because God is the best, high king over all the gods. In one hand, he holds deep caves and caverns. In the other hand, grasps the high mountains. He made ocean, he owns it. His hands sculpted earth. So come, let us worship. Bow before him, on your knees before God who made us. Oh yes, he's our God, and we're the people he pastures the flock he feeds. From the book of Genesis, chapter 26, verses 1 through 6. Now there's a famine in the land, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I tell you. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father Abraham. 
I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, and will give your descendants all these lands. And by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac lived in Gerar. From the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have had a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. But I urge you, brethren, bear with this word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly, Take notice that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom, if he comes soon, I will see you. Greet all of your leaders and all the saints. Those from Italy greet you. Grace be with you all. From the Gospel of John, the seventh chapter, verse 53 through the eleventh verse of the eighth chapter. Everyone went to his home. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the mornings he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone. And the woman, where she was, in the center of the court, straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. These are the readings of the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tuesday's Prayer God, our rock and our salvation, undergird us with your strength, lest we fail because we rely upon ourselves alone. Assist us with your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your love and trust in your grace. Spread upon us your transforming power. Overpower us with your goodwill and forgiveness, offered to us and to all through Christ our Savior. Amen. A prayer entitled, For the Unseeable Child in the Rear-Facing Safety Seat by Weston Cutter Heavenly Father, relent. 
offer stability to our otherwise shaky hands as we attempt to clip our small child into the rear-facing car seat on the passenger side of the car, behind where our spouse would be sitting, were this a family trip and not merely a quick ride to daycare. Help us gently fumble with the chubby flesh of our child as she grins and attempts to grab our watch. Help us extract the straps through which we then must guide our child's waving limbs and come to our aid as we seek to make the female and male ends of the two pair of clips fit together as we ourselves fit together with our spouses to make this child we're now so overwhelmingly in love with and so terrified of and for. Father, we'll here acknowledge that maybe it's not a trick. Maybe it's just the casual, lateral, blah, blah of a new parent's brain clicking and clanking along. The fact that you never showed your face to anyone, nor Moses in his desert need, not Jacob in his all-night wrestling, nor Abraham after he had cut the binds off Isaac. Yahweh, we are trying this weekday morning, your sky blue and whipped clean of last night's storms. Here we are trying to secure this child. You've seen fit to grant the biology of our bodies. And this child, of course, Lord, is in your image. Lord, help us. Dear Almighty, release the fervent what-if that clutches like a claw at our soul's throat as we drive down Broadway, not that Broadway, and take a right on Bluffington and a further right on Ingle, the dark what if every parent lives daily, but Lord, hear us. This fear is bathed in both blood and spirit. Divine, all-knowing, this child we drive most cautiously while we mostly cease checking the phone for an email from nothing from no one that could possibly be more important or valuable than the health and safety of our progeny. This child, that gift is a gift and burden. Lord, not merely burden in that we must awake while we'd rather slumber to soothe this child, and that we have and must and will forever gladly sacrifice for this child whatever resources we've been blessed enough to secure with the work of our hands and bodies nourished by you. But a burden, Lord, and that this child is in your image, is of your spirit, is, according to cards and grandmotherly strangers, a gift from you. And Lord, there are two train tracks that cost Ingle, maybe 200 yards apart, as you know. At the first, we often wait for a slow train as it wheels past. And Father, there's a grayness of our spirit as the tons of man-made progress and commerce slowly roll along. And we beseech you, what is it? This grayness, this dark inkling that occasionally strikes all that passes before us. Almighty, everything you know the lengths to which we go to serve you, to deserve the live within such spirit. But Lord, sometimes it's fearful, almost intolerable, the attempting to live with grace in the overwhelming everythingness of your world, trains and the driving of strangers. Lord, this child is perfect. In each car trip features a pair of worries, the first that harm will befall this child, but not us parents. And second, that we'd somehow deserve that. Lord, what we're trying to say is that at the train tracks, as we wait for the train, sometimes we lean back for the driver's seat. Sometimes we lean back and look at the perfect life we've so far not messed up too terribly or hurt or at that moment. 
Heavenly Father, that leaned-back glimpse of the rear-facing child's face as we wait for the train to pass. Child usually asleep by then, ten minutes in the car, halfway between home and daycare, her Cheerios and yogurt and formula as settled in her stomach as they'll get, her chubby hand clutching some plastic thing we don't clean enough. Dear Omnipotent, you know what we mean, know what we began with, Summer morning, standing at car's edge, securing our child to an aggregate of machinery that, if it all works as advertised, should be all fine. But then closing the sliding door and driving in traffic, but then not seeing the child's face as she yabbers and chats at the passing trees or whatever. Lord, faith, faith is what we seek. Grant us faith that all that we're doing is or comes close to being enough to trend the miracles we've been granted custody of in this clumsy, potholed world. Holy, all-knowing, let us breathe easier as we clip our child into the seat that keeps her face facing away from ours, and let us trust that such work, in your name always, is enough. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Traditional Text Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please close this prayer time as you would see fit. It could be a shout of acclamation, a moment of silence, or just slowly embodying what you have heard and experienced at this time throughout the rest of the day. And may it be a blessing to you as you are a blessing to others And through it all, we give thanks to what God has blessed in between.